Hello, my friends. Oh, no, it has music. I have to turn that off somehow. Uh, <laughs> hello, my friends. And welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. Now with eerie, eerie, soothing background music. Ooh. It is sort of like, it's it's like zenning me out here, man. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm having a meditation retreat as the game loads. I can't, I can't hear it, so I feel left out. You, you, but you should know this music. I do. It's your I do. game. You I know. <laughs> but, you know, a little left out. I well, guess I could jo- just start it up real quick. Uh, joining us from, I think I'm going to say this right, I Nove. I Nove, yes. Woo! No, I thought I it was Nove's, New York. I well, Nove Studios. Well, that's, yes. <laughs> I, I Nove Studios in New York. Please welcome. Oh, and hi, Jim. Hi. Sorry. Don't mind I'm me. I'm just. I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little out of it today, folks. I got like no sleep. Uh, so our guest, uh, I was about to say, is Keith Newton from Inove Studios over in New York City. Hi, yes. Keith. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for uh, coming on the show on a wintry Tuesday evening, your time. How is? I haven't looked, um, but this is what I, I, I love to know. How's the weather over there? Yeah, it's a bit rainy and cold today. It how could cold, be better. How cold we're talking here? I think 50, so it's not like completely wow. miserable, but it's you know one of those blustery winter days or fall. I guess is it winter cuz yeah, now January, but you know, it's an unpleasant day, I'd say. I think it only went up to the high 60s here today. And Where uh, are you where are you guys? North Los Carolina? An- I'm I'm in Los Angeles. Oh. Jim is in North Carolina. Ah, okay. Well, LA, the weather's got to be great over there. Come on. Well, it so is Cal. until you realize we have a goddamn drought. So we would, <laughs> I, we would love some of the rain that you have. Like, uh, oh, okay, can we please, please send some of that? We need rain. Oh my god, we need rain. They're talking about drinking pee water now. Like they're bad. talking about. So well, they're bringing in Bear Gillis, and they're going to make him like the minister of of uh, liquids or something. Do they have that? <laughs> The newest thing that they want to do, and it's been done elsewhere, but what they want to do now is recycle uh, sewage water. Mm-hmm. Like, to, like astronauts. Yeah, yeah, and basically space. turn that into drinking water. And apparently it works great. Apparently the water that they, that gets filtered is very clean and very drinkable. But like like a lot of people in this state, uh, they see that and go, eh. Well, maybe, yeah, I guess yeah. maybe you could get. I don't bottled, want to drink that. What about yeah. bottled piss, like Evian bottled pee? It, it could be like a trucker bomb. Are you familiar with that? I have to wonder about like you know how people can flush drugs down the toilet and yeah. water treatment. It can't filter for all that. I wonder oh. if they've solved that problem because otherwise, you know, you might be getting the good stuff. Well, well better <laughs> than that. Right? that water. It'll be like all the antidepressants and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe California will actually finally achieve the mellow that it has always wanted to have. Because that's that's really like how the poor people could actually get their treatment for that, right? Is is like just drink the pee of the rich people who are already on antidepressants and antipsychotics and whatever. Their pee don't stink? Is that it? Their pee don't stink? Well, no, I think I think everybody's does equally. Their pee smells like lavender? Well, anyway. you know, maybe rose water. <laughs> rose So we're going to actually talk about a game, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah, keep, let's just keep talking about you know sewage treatment and 
Oh no! Much rather talk about the game, which I think is awesome. I want to talk I about. Biased, of course you do. I'm I want to talk. Sure I want to talk about butt hurt. I want to talk about the butt level hurt. of butt hurt that is going on in the Star Citizen Facebook, where no. they're yelling. No. no, no, it's about this game where they're they're like the one guy is like, well, this game's just like ripping off Star Citizen, and it's like it's ripping this off. This game has been in the works. Well, that's what I told him. I was like, this, this has been in in the works since two thousand and three. Ten like, years, eleven four. years, two thousand and four, actually. All right, yeah. let's, let's let's hit that. Oh, I'm in the game. That's great. How do I turn yeah. on sound in this thing? Um, I have never tried to turn it off. I actually couldn't tell you. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. Have it's to beautiful. Do... I, you know, I sound, like to listen. Yeah, to it. the sound is so good. Why would you I'm ever? Gonna have to, I'm gonna have to use the mixer. Are you like some um, kind of barbarian? <laughs> yes. Our sound is made in house by our composer Panu Altio. Artisanally crafted sounds. Job. Yes, artisanally crafted sounds. All of the sound effects and all of the music he did, and I think it's all pretty fantastic. Uh, We've had quite a few people actually inquiring about it. He did it, it only with organic instruments. <laughs> I'm not turning it down all the way because I want to hear something from it, but I'm turning it down most of the way. So it doesn't get in the way of the stream. You know, it doesn't. We're not trying to – because you good. guys can't hear it, so I, I can't tell if you're talking over it or not. Um, so we're here to talk about Infinity Battlescape. But this is not – how this game got started. This started as something else. I can't remember the name. Yeah, it was originally yeah, it started... like on the Commodore 64, wasn't it? And No, no. So... It started as a one-man hobby project. My business partner, Flavian Brebian, he started it just, he had this idea. It was inspired by the Elite games. He's a huge fan of them. And he wanted to create this seamless procedural universe. And so he started a hobby project around that, trying to figure out how to build a technology that would allow him to do that. And that eventually morphed into something called Infinity the Quest for Earth, which was intended to be an MMO. I came along around 2010. Mm, okay. And that was when we actually formally incorporated. Oh, wow. Yeah. So for the first six years, it was just a one-man hobby project. And I think there's a bit of misconception out there that we've been building this Kickstarter for a decade, and that's absolutely not true. It was one guy in his spare time for six years. I came along in 2010, and then our programming team went from one to two. Okay, so, <laughs> so. so this introduces the other half of the butthurt rage, is, well, why would we give them money on Kickstarter? Because, my God, it's taken them ten years to get this far, and then they're going to, right? Yeah. So how long, yeah, how long but, has it actually taken to build this? About a year? We've been working on the Kickstarter campaign for about two and a half years. We've been working wow. on the, the prototype for about four or five months. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's wow. building, building cutting-edge technology in your spare time wow. takes a while. So if you didn't have the you prototype, know? like what were you doing for the other ten years? Like sketching up a lot of napkins and stuff and like what, what we, was happening? I mean we had – a concept of what we wanted the MMO to be, uh-huh. and we're working on getting the technology to the point where we felt comfortable. So it was like engine development game. stuff, right? It was primarily engine development. Yeah, I mean the technology again—it's brand new. No one else can do what we do at the level of fidelity. We do it. Like this stuff is just fantastic. You know, I can't tell you how many comments we've had from people who watch our videos and are like, "It's so smooth." There's hardly any popping. Just it's incredible. It's beautiful, and it's so smooth. And that took a lot of time, right? 
we we really put a lot of effort into making this as good as we could, and at the same time, you know, Flavian had his heart set on building this MMO. We had you know a number of conversations about that and decided that we needed to reduce scope. You know, the technology, given that it was just two people working in their spare time, the technology was a heavy lift to get it fully production ready. Um, I was also trying to raise the funds that we needed through private equity and, and various other means um, for about two years. And that was taking a lot of my time as well. So it was like two programmers, but in reality it was kind of like a programmer and a half, right? Because my time was being split between doing fundraising, which just takes a tremendous amount of time, writing up business plans, emailing people, and trying not to get depressed as like venture capitalists tell you no because you've got like, I mean, you know. That's the hard part is actually most of them say no. tears. It is, yeah. And I mean, if you go and you on on Google, just Google like pitching VCs, and you'll see like one of the first things is you have to be able to deal with the no's because you're just going to get no after no after no. And you're looking for that one yes, basically, you know, like that that synergy where uh, they really get what you're doing. And we came close a number of times to raising investment, which actually I would argue makes it even more difficult. You know, like when we were in uh, talks for a month with one venture capital firm. And, you know, they finally came back and said, you know, guys, we're sorry. We just think this is too risky. Mm. And that was a tough market in 2010 for what we were doing, 2010, 2011. That was during the big web mobile social craze. So perhaps like our timing, I think, was spot on in terms of we wanted to ride the next gen wave. You know, it's like next gen consoles were coming out in two years and we really wanted to ride that wave. Um, In terms of raising money, however, it was really tough. It was only two years after the recession hit. Web mobile social was the craze. You know, they would ask, "Are you guys doing web mobile social?" And I was like, "Well, no." And they were like, "Okay, goodbye." And so that was tough. But you know, we did end up doing a licensing deal with a company that, unfortunately, their publisher went out of business, and they shortly followed thereafter. And we came, you know, pretty darn close to raising investment a number of times. And at the end of the day, you know, it was just it wasn't what was cool at that time in terms of web mobile social. And uh, just investors, I think, so, didn't so, quite fully understand what we were so doing. So Roberts and Braben came along and fluffed the market. And <laughs> they did. You guys are good, right? And I mean, and the, I mean, fluffed in the worst possible way. So, uh, well, <laughs> well, that's the funny thing, right? Like when Chris came around and launched Star Citizen, I was like, "This is exactly what I was pitching." to the private equity guys in many regards, right? Hmm. I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say exactly, but many aspects of what he ended up doing was what I was pitching. And, you know, he came along and raised ultimately over $90 million. And so that that kind of sucked to watch, knowing that we've been working on it for a long time. And, uh, and then, you know, he stepped in and, and kind of won, really. But, you know, did he, he, he did had... He really? So, but I mean, it's pretty yeah. hard to argue. Well, I mean, the, the difference is that you guys actually have a playable game. But Zing, um, yeah, has has anybody actually offered to buy the technology? Just just be like, hey guys, we're gonna just buy this and use it. This is pretty great technology, by the yeah. way. Yes, we've we've uh, had that happen a couple of times, and for oh. various reasons, um, ended up not selling. Was it is so, it like you could license it, or do they want to actually like buy it and shut? No, you they wanted to. They wanted to buy us. Yeah, yeah. see, that's the thing because, you, you know, it's like, well, you could license it, but we're not going to just, like, go out of business because you gave us some money kind of thing, right? So, I mean, it depends on the partner, right? It depends on, like, in, 
receiving investment, selling your company, in many regards, it's kind of like getting married. Mm. And you, nobody wins if that doesn't go well. You right. Know what I'm saying? Look, so let me tell you, a big don't, part of, don't stick your dick in crazy. That's, right? <laughs> that's the rule. And oh, that, that applies in business as well. So anyway, do go on. Yeah, and so as far as looking for investment so or advanced. considering a buyout, <clears throat> we were every step of the way we're always looking at, you know, is there synergy here? Are we on the same page in terms of where we see the value in this tech and where we want it to go and stuff like that? So there were differences in in terms of the acquisitions that ultimately I guess you could say were irreconcilable. <laughs> mm. And um, and so that's why we didn't sell. But it's not like we wouldn't have been open to it if the right partner had come along. You know? Yeah, but I, think I, there are definitely... I still would be very shy. Yeah, there, there's basically no price that you that you could set. Well, no, I'm, everybody has a price, but but it would be very unaffordable to say I want to license this thing and have exclusiveness, you know, whatever. And then if my thing doesn't bear fruit and and we go under. Then your shit goes down with us, and you can never touch it again, right? Like it's that would it's be all about how you structure the deal. There's an incredible amount of nuance you can put into these agreements, and it really just depends on how you structure the deal. Yeah. You know, it's for example in private equity, that's why you've got investors with preferred shares, right? So in you know if the if the company goes out of business and there's a liquidation event, they get paid first. Hmm. So that's just a, a small example of how you can structure these things to, you know, yeah, to favor. Because I've, I've seen people problems. like lose tech in that, you know, where they license it out and then the guy never actually did anything with it, you know, sure. or, they, or they bought it and just sat on it. And then and then it's like, well, you know, much good could actually come in the world if, if my thing was free to actually make a product now. But, you know, that was it went down our chief ship. concern. Yeah. That was our chief concern was that – Particularly, I guess, in our very first acquisition acquisition negotiation, I would say, was that you know we would get bought and then they were just going to sit on it and not really do anything with it. And that was the very first one. That was actually, I think, what was a huge contributor in that one not going through. That is, I guess, in any sort of situation like that would be our number one concern because we think what we have is really cool. And it has a tremendous amount of application uh, to games in a wide range of other things. Well, that, just beyond beyond even that, like if you look at this as like a practical whatever application, right? So you can plug height data into this thing from anywhere, I would assume, right? So could could you get like uh, say the NASA height data at three meters per point and feed it to this thing, and then you would have an accurate to within three meters top of yeah, absolutely, Earth? right, absolutely. Wow. So, so we have Google Earth, right? Right, we <laughs> haven't. Know? Been showing that capability. Yeah, because but I know where the engine can absolutely do topo, it. Like right now. So, you know. Yeah, but. it can absolutely do it. It's just we, that wasn't our focus. We've been focusing on building an entertainment product. Mm-hmm. But the technology. Which we is, appreciate, by the way. Which we, <laughs> yeah, you're most welcome. Mission accomplished. But the technology. So. Yeah, but the technology is organized in such a way that we could integrate. GIS information and mm-hmm. build a simulator or mapping software, any number of other things. And we could do it, obviously, at very high visual fidelity. Right. You know, I mean, gaming is the, like, crema de la crema. So if you can nail that, then doing these other applications, mapping, business type stuff, other types of visualizations, mm-hmm. that's easy. That's not the hard problem. That stuff's easy. 
Yeah, and re- so, remind so, me when we're done here. I, I want to actually give you contact info for a friend of mine who uh, he made the mapping software that, that like Delta Airlines uses in the cockpit, oh, cool. you know, that, how they all yeah. carry iPads around. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll hook you up with him and maybe, cool. maybe something. We got a question from the chat room. What's up? Uh, why does the ship shake when you're already within the atmosphere and not when you're first entering the atmosphere? Because it's excited. The ship shakes based on the atmospheric density and your speed. Uh, so different atmospheres have different densities and different speeds at different altitudes, uh, which basically, you know, that affects den- density. Um, so depending on how fast you're going, that will affect the shake. Oh. Yeah. That's but I guess to get back to our story a bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, Chris raised $90 million, did – I think an absolutely brilliant job in pitching his vision for star citizen. I think it's, it's a great game. I mean, most of I know studios we've pitched or pledged, I should say we've all pledged star citizen ourselves. Um, So it's a game that, you know, we're all eagerly awaiting. And I think, you know, so you're he, so, he you're so much nicer to Chris now that he mentioned your Kickstarter. Oh, because you were so I mean was, to him last week. And when was I mean? When was I mean? But. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tired putting words in my mouth. Here. See, that's the thing I love about space game developers. They re- they understand we got to help each other out. Yeah, I, no, I think mean, that, that, was, that was super nice. So, did you? Uh, it, was, based, it was. You know, based on like, did you see a, a, a like a ski jump kind of thing happen in the graph over there? At we the did starter. When, yeah, okay, we did. Because uh, I, I, I gonna... saw a lot of people say, "Man, I would give those guys money, but I already spent all my money on ships and." Christmas we did have a lot of that, yeah. Saying, <laughs> a lot of stars. Oh Citizen God, really? Saying, yeah, they said exactly that. Um, well, maybe you guys but, could you know, accept star citizenships as funding. You know, it's like, oh hey, I mean, uh, listen, you got a ship. You they know? do, think, they do sell well at yeah. a profit. I may, I may add. I think Chris has a beautiful vision for Star Citizen, and I we're all hoping that that's that that comes together, and it's a game that we're all looking forward to playing. And your comment on, I guess, space game developers all being jovial with each other. I think in many regards, we all want the same thing, right? <laughs> like, we all want that amazing game where you can really explore the cosmos. Like, we really share that, I think, in many regards. We're approaching it differently. We're all approaching it differently. We're building different games. But in many regards, there's a lot of overlap, you know? And I think that's why. I think that's why many of the developers, I guess, are helping each other out. And mm. there's a bit of a camaraderie there. Well, that, that's the thing is like it's not like you're competing, right? Because there there's not a lot of competition, I would say. Did you enjoy that, Brian? Did you feel it? <laughs> so um, I've been yeah. shooting at you for like 10 minutes. I know, I'm and that's finally... why I decided to finally turn around and give it to you. So uh, – <laughs> <laughs> but – yeah, so it's the thing of like you guys all basically have the same audience, um, which is our audience. Thanks, guys. The thing, and, the uh, thing is, yeah. this, the, the thing is, this money, the, the, this audience has a lot more money now than they did ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. I know because they all grew up and got high-paying jobs, and, and now they're <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 
So, but we all still have like the same dream game, right? Or similar dream games. Anyway. Well, well, I mean, it's it's the thing of like it's not an exclusive market, right? And that and that's no. some some bullshit that I see that goes on in some of these forums where it's like, you know, it's it's like the old well, Atari is cooler than Commodore, right? And you know, we have to fight yeah. about it. And it's like, hey, you know what? I can play Star Citizen on Monday, and I can play Elite on Tuesday, and I have them both. So why does one have right. to be something? You know, it, they both exactly. serve. Oh, wow. You know, I play Call of Duty and Battlefield. They're both sure. great games for very different reasons. <laughs> wow, we actually have a jump gate player talking about the game in the chat. Hello, Space Powets. Someone said this will probably not be like Jumpgate in the PvP arena. I'm like, yeah, so? now Jumpgate. Now that that is kind of a piece of crap game. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You watch your mouth, son. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I think the area where we're really trying to distinguish ourselves is building an incredibly well polished space combat experience. You know, we have a seamless solar system. Like, no joke. This isn't something we're promising that we will build. We've got it right now, and it looks awesome. It is so much fun. Everybody from the media we've had play the game, you guys included, has come back and said, I am totally blown away by how cool this is as well as the future potential of what this could be. Yeah, well, that first night when Hunter and I were playing it, he was kind of making some Anakin noises, you know, like the yippee and, you know, bad things from episode one. I was having flashbacks. So he was clearly excited with it. I'm, I'm a little and more I think jaded that, myself. You know, I can keep it under control, but I do like it. <laughs> that capability combined with our focus on providing just a really well polished space combat experience. You know, we really want to recreate that feeling you see in the movies when you're watching Return of the Jedi and you've got that big battle at the end. You know, and the big ships are all blowing the hell out of each other. The little ones are flying all around. It's crazy. The adrenaline is pumping, and it looks like a lot of fun, right? right. From a game standpoint it's just like wow that would be so great to capture that that's what we're doing that's the essence of what we're building here yeah and it's really it, it even in this very early stage it feels really nice i have to say thank you yeah you know what's crazy about that though is we've been getting some hate by people like asking why the game doesn't do x y and z and it's like hey it's a prototype. <laughs> yeah, it's We're like, raising the money right now. It's like a pre-alpha prototype, you guys. Right. Why don't you calm down? Right. Pledge our Kickstarter, then we will build that stuff. <laughs> the Kickstarter seems to be doing pretty well. I looked today, and you're you're within a couple of stones throws of your goal, it looks like, with about a little more than a week left. Yeah, we're almost there, which is really exciting. That is very exciting. I mean, you – I mean – I've seen so many great Kickstarters fail that it's really nice to see to see them succeed. You know, I mean, it, it's it's just it's it, it boggles my mind sometimes when I see a Kickstarter with a good pitch, you know, a good what looks to be a good solid product, and just no one backs it. It's yeah. And what so, I would like to say about that mm-hmm. is that a lot of people were saying we missed the boat. You know, no um, Star Citizen. Obviously, has done spectacularly well. Elite has done well. There's Limit Theory, Everspace. There's a whole bunch. And everyone's like, well, you missed the boat. But here's the thing. Our technology is truly special. I mean, once you guys have the chance to get in-game and really play it and explore it on your own, I promise you, you're going to just be wowed. I think it's really special. On top of that, the passion of this team 
We've got nine people spread mm. all around the world, five different time zones. In their wow. spare time, by and large, we've had some people that have worked full time for various, uh, you know, like a year or two here and there on their savings, by the way, spending their savings. Wow. Coordinating this for the last five years has been tremendous. How many other projects are out there where they've built cutting edge new technology and they've done it in their spare time while spread all around the world? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's basically unheard of. We might be the first ever. I wouldn't so that's surprised. that's the kind of dedication this team has. This is something that's really special. So that's our pitch, right? We're building this game. It's going to be focused. It's going to be well-polished. And this is a team that's completely dedicated to doing that, to giving you an experience unlike anything you've had before. And uh, I'm just flying around some of these planets. Like some other games have offered this kind of seamlessness, but it doesn't feel like it's ever been to this scale or this level of gorgeousness. Like, tell now, tell me about this engine. Yep. What is this Brian, engine? By the way, I'm, I'm trying. Can I add people to the call? I'm trying to bring Hunter in because he's home now, and uh, I can't no find idea. the option. But anyway, can you bring him in? He's He's like, oh, no, he's, no, it's too late. I don't care. I don't want him in. No, anyway. Yeah, I know. Right. We don't want him to get all <laughs> overexcited. Fine, He'll be Anakin it up in here. The hell is he? <laughs> anyway, I think I can. Let me see. Yes, I can. And the game is running fine in a uh, full screen window. I'm bouncing a little bit. Whoa, the whoa, beauty whoa. Of, the beauty of that is we actually still have a fair amount of optimization left to do. So we expect that to just get better. Good, yeah, because the load time is the only downside so far. The initial load time. Yeah, mind, yeah, yeah, exactly. Have... The initial load time is like five minutes. Like, oh. Well, yeah, depending on your computer, yeah. there's And that's just due, again, there's a lot we haven't optimized. And load times are kind of low on the totem pole at the moment. Well, it's they're low on the totem pole until you start giving the game to people, and then they complain about the load times. <laughs> but um, only one loading screen, which is the first one when you first start the game. After that, no loading screens whatsoever. So the whole game is completely seamless. It really is. And I just landed on this planet and turned the power off. And now I'm just looking around. And this cockpit is fully modeled. Yippee! It is beautiful. <laughs> I got to say, I love, uh, I love um, you know, how... Oh, it's not all like seamless and pretty in here. Like, like panels have scorches on them, and like they're missing paint. Yeah, you know like what that. else is missing? Womp rats. I've been down in the canyons, haven't found a single <laughs> womp rat. Yeah, where's that Death Star trench run? It's a stretch goal. Hi, oh, uh, welcome, Hunter, <laughs> our, our our third co-host who's who's been on long lost for a while, long lost co-host who will be coming back shortly, uh, full time. In December, once we change to a new format. All right. Now, uh, huh? I'm just going to say this. Yeah, have we talked about the new format where it's just me and Hunter? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's your own thing. No, uh, surprise, no, I mean, everybody. Brian's leaving. Surprise, poop. motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, do go on. <laughs> now, so uh, the, the technology, I believe, was beautiful. your... Uh, yeah, well, thank beautiful. you. We appreciate it. We put a lot of work into it, and Hell. this is just the tip of the iceberg. That's the great part. There's right. so much more cool stuff we can do if 
we get the resources to do it. And that's really what this Kickstarter is all about, obviously raising this 300000 that will let us build a game, Infinity Battlescape, uh, Space Combat, Seamless Space Combat game, single, true-to-scale solar system. We hope to release additional solar systems perhaps after the game ships, uh, you know, resource-permitting type deal. But the technology really enables a very unique experience. So are you aiming and, for a uh, like a red versus blue kind of thing? There's two teams and you got – Multiple solar three systems. Oh, three teams. Okay. There's three teams, yeah. Uh, you know, the multiple solar system thing, that's not planned for Battlescape. Or just Modding multiple is, planets or whatever. There will be multiple planets, yeah. It's true-to-scale solar system. We're aiming for a solar system that's about the same size as our current one, roughly. We feel like that's a good target just because, obviously, people are familiar with our solar system. And uh, we want to use that kind of as a, as a baseline. It won't be our solar system, but it'll be somewhat similar in terms of the quantity of planets and moons and stuff like that. And we want to hit a couple key points that we just think are cool. There'll be like Earth-like planets. There'll be gas giants. Well, there currently is a gas giant and Earth-like planet. We've already got a volcanic moon in there. We want to have a, a bit of like an archipelago, water world type thing, right. more tropical. Um, an ice planet would be really cool. So there's a whole bunch of different things we want to do. And where it starts getting really interesting is when we start basing the various properties of the planets off of actual, like, geological information, atmospheric composition, stuff like that. You know, we want to create an experience where when you fly down to a planet, it's a reasonable approximation of what that planet would actually look like in real life. Right. Now, now when you say a water world planet, will Kevin Costner be there? I don't believe he will. Drinking his own pee. I don't believe. Like we were talking about earlier. I don't believe he will, you know. If he wanted to be, we'd be more than happy to have him, but I don't think he's going to be there. But, yeah, a wide range of worlds, and each one's kind of their own unique experience, particularly the ones with atmosphere, as we're actually going to have an atmospheric flight model that takes aerodynamics and whatnot into account. So the way the ships work is it's kind of thrust-based insofar as the – I guess the surface area, I forget the exact engineering phrase for all this, but essentially the aerodynamic composition of a ship is less important in our, in our game than the thrust, since each ship has engines pointing in every different direction to move it around. And But that being said, we still take the shape of the aircraft into account when de- determining the stability of the ship in atmospheric flight and kind of where its top speeds are and whatnot well, and how much it- the engines... Because the shape is generally – it's a wingless lifting body. Right, yep. And so it's kind of like the engines are basically brute forcing it through the atmosphere. So it's like the ship kind of has to push all that atmosphere out of the way, right? right? And the yeah. shape of the ship either helps or hinders that. And so we take that aspect of the aerodynamics of the ship into consideration. So, I mean, the, the engines compensate to some degree. Like, for example, a fighter craft. The more unstable a fighter craft is, it's kind of like the more performant it is in many regards. But you can't make it so unstable that obviously someone can't control it. So we're taking that in, into consideration, whereas you know the engines, they have to work harder if the ship is less stable, aerodynamically stable. But uh, in many regards, I mean, obviously it's like the future. These are very powerful engines, and they're able to compensate for a lot, as long as the structural integrity of the ship holds up, which is actually an issue with gas giants. So if you try to fly down to the surface of a gas giant, you'll get to a point where the turbulence, the, the speed of the winds, the pressure will ultimately destroy your ship. I'm doing that next. Yeah, and different ships have different tolerances. 
for those sorts of things. So, right so now these are sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying this is an example of all the really cool stuff that we can build into this game. And again, it's just the beginning, right? You can get into really cool things with vegetation, cities, I mean all sorts of cool stuff. Battlescape, we hope, will be the first of many games. And modding is something that we're super excited about. We really want to get our technology into the hands of modders and all the other creative types out there. And we cannot wait to see what they unleash with our technology. You know, our slogan – go ahead. I was going to say, now I'm glad you didn't glance over that because that was a big point of conversation when we were playing with you guys a couple weeks ago was just how – like much you really want to get the modding into the people's hands. And I think uh, as a development group, that is fantastic that you do that, that you you have such a passion for what you've built that you want to see what others can do with it. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm applauding you. That's all I'm going to say. Well, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, because rather again, than like it's... lock it down and just be like our way or the highway. No, I mean, I think we've put all this time into creating something special. It would be a travesty if we didn't find cool ways to share it with people, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And people have a lot of really great ideas. The community can develop, like, well, look at Skyrim, right? Like, Bethesda can do so much, and then the community can do a hundred times that. Oh, yeah, totally. And they've embraced it, thank God. So, you know, yeah, I'm totally, I'm down with it. I'm... Flowers. An old school Half Life fan, you know, it was one of my favorite games when I was a teenager. Played Counter Strike to death, they defeat all that. That was all modding. Modding mm-hmm. created so many other great experiences that I was able to have through Half Life. And when you think about how we got yes. started again, <laughs> we were essentially it was a, this whole thing started as a hobby project. We want to give that opportunity to other people. You know, go find that friend on the internet. Here's our really cool tech, and go create something awesome. You know, like sky's the limit. The only limit is your imagination, and that's true with our tech. You can build worlds of just incredible size, entire well, actually, galaxies. No, there's also light speed. That's kind of a limit. No, you, you can surpass that in our tech. Oh. Yeah, I know Hunter did it the last <laughs> yeah. time. So, so I, I this, did it the uh, last time I was in. <laughs> so this particular product is going to be one solar system, like the game portion. It's yeah, Infinity, one solar system. Infinity Battlescape is a match-based game, and right. the match takes place in a single solar system. And all we're currently promising for our $300,000 Kickstarter minimum mm. is a single solar system. And we hope to release additional solar systems after the game ships, along with other content as well. Right, and so how does the gameplay actually work? Because if I recall correctly, it's some kind of territorial-based conquest mode, I think, if I remember reading right. Yeah, conquest. I mean, so there's many points of the gameplay that are kind of in discussion. And actually, that's what our our developer access tier is all about, which is $250 on our Kickstarter page. We get you the game within three months. So the prototype you see everyone playing right now, you will have that in your hands within three months. And that's for people who really want to be a part of the game development itself. Yeah, for $250, I would be glad to help you with the... Oh, wait, no, I pay you. Never mind. That's how it usually works. Oh, okay. I thought they were going to pay me. Yeah. That's what (laughs) they need the money for, is to afford me to backseat drive. That's right. (laughs) But 
that gets you front seat access to working with us to build this game. And so we have like the outline of like this is what we want to build. But the nitty-gritty details, the balancing and all that other stuff, that's stuff that's really going to be determined by playtesting. We want it to be an organic oh, okay. process. You know, we're going to be kicking out new builds every week and giving that to the people that have pledged the necessary access tiers. And they will be able to play those. And if they would like, they certainly are under no obligation. But if they would like, they will have access to private forums. They can come back and have a conversation with us about what they like, what they don't like. You know, we will be communicating to them, this is what we're trying out this week. These are the systems that we're tweaking, what we're looking at. And, um, you know, we hope that will be an organic process that's very inclusive with everybody. So that will be what we use to nail down some specific things. For example, can you capture – Various ah. factories, bases, stuff like that, which before I get into that, I should go into the fundamentals of what this game is. Essentially, you have three corporations fighting for control of a single two-scale solar system. When the game starts, each team will have some number of land bases, and a land base could be like on a large asteroid, on a planet, on a moon, any type of, I guess, land, sort of land type thing. <laughs> right. uh, you have space stations, and then you have factories slash mining facilities they're kind of we use the term interchangeably and how the game starts off is you have some number of credits and you can use that to buy ships and gear in the beginning it's not going to be a whole lot you know you can get smaller ships and less powerful gear and at some interval which we have yet to define these factories and mining facilities they will spawn a cargo ship and this cargo ship if it survives the trip to the nearest land base or space station will mm-hmm. deposit those credits to your team. So they'll be split amongst everyone who's on your team. Uh, so you want that? You want to make sure that cargo ship survives if nothing, if for no other reason than you want to be selfish and upgrade your ship. Exactly. And so as your team acquires these resources, you will be able to build or well, buy, I should say, buy more powerful ships and weapons that you can use to attack you know, these other two corporations within the solar system. And we want to build this in a way that a match could potentially be a very long time, hours, maybe even a day or two. But we want the game to be fun for people who only have, say, 15, 20 minutes, and they just want to hop in real quick, go kill some baddies, and then hop out because they got other stuff they got to take care of. You know, yeah, so you can feel like kinda, you contributed, but you didn't have to stick around for the duration. That's yeah, and nice. that'll actually be a core tenant of our gameplay balancing, is for the people who really like the strategic, the tactical elements of the game and are kind of in there for the long haul, that will exist. There'll be that deeper gameplay. But for those who are like, you know what, I just want to get in and kill some stuff while looking at gorgeous planets... Yeah. I can do that for 20 minutes, and then, okay, I got to go tend to the family or, or you know, paying bills, whatever it is you got to do. So that's something that's very important to us. And one of our stretch goals is semi-persistence, which would allow you to actually build your own infrastructure. If we don't Whoa. hit that stretch goal, which I believe is 1.5 million, then the, you'll start the game with pre-play structures, and that'll kind of be it. And that's where whether or not we just you just destroy stuff and it's gone forever or you destroy it and it kind of it switches sides type deal. Uh, that's going to be something that I think we kind of figure out in terms of playtesting if we don't hit that $1.5 million stretch goal. But if we do hit that stretch goal, you will actually be able to build infrastructure for your team. So you'll be able to build space stations, these land bases, Ooh. the factories, you know, stuff like that. Um, in terms of the ships, we have a wide range of ships going from an interceptor, which is kind of your real small – it can be configured either as a scout or as a fighter. 
Um, we've got a bomber, Corvettes, which are kind of like the tanks of Infinity Battlescape. They are a relatively nimble ship, but they're hardy. They're not a capital ship, but they're fairly large. They have independently targeting turrets as well as weapon systems that you as a pilot will explicitly control. Whereas the capital ships, which start with destroyers, which are primarily meant to protect carriers and cruisers from bombers, um, those will be purely filled with auto-targeting turrets. And you can control those turrets insofar as you can assign rules to them. You can select like a group of them, assign some rules, say um, focus fire on this particular ship, or maybe focus fire only on oh. fighters or only capital starships on the starboard side or you know however you that's want cool. to, to organize that. Yeah. And... Um, and so with capital ships, that's a, they're a bit more of a tactical ship. Again, the destroyer is the first capital ship. It's there primarily for defense for the carrier and the cruiser, which are the other two capital ships. A carrier is a mobile spawn point. And we want to build a resource system into Battlescape. So <laughs> non-energy weapons will be finite. They'll have finite amounts of ammunition. And the way that you quickly navigate this solar system will be using what we call a jump drive. And this will have jump fuel. So... When, you're, when you first get into your brand new ship, you'll kind of be able to jump around as quickly as you want, go wherever you go, and shoot stuff. But the more that you do that, you're going to start running the risk of running out of resources. You'll need to rearm, possibly repair, and refuel. So that's where the carrier comes in, in particular. Not only can it launch um, smaller ships as a, as a mobile spawn point, but it can actually you know, rearm, refuel, and repair existing oh, wow. ships. So it has limited offensive capability. Um, insofar as like you're not going to just take it and go shoot stuff, maybe you'll take it and go ram into something. I guess. <laughs> what is we it that we're crit- flying right now? <laughs> you're flying a, a Hellion Corvette. Okay. Flash Millennium Falcon. Right. We have. <laughs> what the hell? A is number of people Falcon? make that uh, make that connotation. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different than a Millennium Falcon. A bit smaller, I think, actually. But um, and then you have smaller. cruisers. And a cruiser, yeah, the, the Hellion's on the smaller side of a Corvette, if I remember correctly. Hmm. So um, the, but the fighters are going to be, like, way smaller than this, right? Like, this is this is like the the station wagon and the other fighters are basically a little compact car. Okay. Yeah, the, the Interceptor, which is actually different than a fighter. A fighter is actually a cross between an Interceptor and a bomber. And to make kind of real-world uh, connotations to that... A fighter, or an interceptor rather, is like an air-to-air aircraft in today's militaries, or a scout. You can kind of reconfigure it to, to do either one. A fighter, which is a stretch goal, so this may not, depending on how much money we raise, it may not actually be in the game. A fighter is more like an F-18 or an F-16, mm. where it's got both kind of air-to-air and uh, air-to-ground capabilities. It, it can do some damage against more hardened defenses. And you have a bomber which, like a B-2, B-52 type thing, and that thing can do some serious damage, particularly in groups. You get a whole squadron together, and you can start doing some very serious damage against the larger ships, the capital ships, and the ground emplacements. Because these bases will have ground defense. And the ground defense will be a varying capability, uh, you know, but they can hit potentially capital ships in orbit mm. around a planet. Interesting. And mm. by virtue of the... And that's where actually cruisers come into play. Cruisers are like this heavy combat ship, you know, packing serious offensive weaponry. And so a cruiser will just roll up and melt 
any other capital ship or any sort of um, you know ground-based defensive systems. So they they can do orbital bombardment and you know really bring down a rain of fire. Hmm. But they're susceptible to bombers. So okay. that's kind of how we're going to balance this game, right? How, Where it's kind of how many simultaneous players are you thinking about? We're aiming at a couple hundred. Okay. Ooh. And so so far we've had twenty people live. 20 mm. actual players live uh, without nice. any problems. We've simulated over 100. So how much bandwidth per player are you looking at? Like, if I'm going to host a server, then how much cable modem do I need? It's difficult for me to comment on that just yet. One, because mm. I don't remember the results of our stress test. You'd have to ask Flavian. Mm. <laughs> and two, because it's still a prototype, so we've still got right. quite a bit of work to well, do. Well, no, no I mean, I, I know you guys have, like, miles and miles to go, right? So, uh, But I'm just looking at, at, like, you know, if it if it takes, like, 1K per second per player, then, you know, just depends on, on like, how many packets you're sending and how much data has to go in between and, uh, yeah, it's, there, it's there's hard no, for me to give you an estimate right so now. So there's no peer-to-peer, right? It's all centralized in some server? Yeah, I think our current one is actually pretty weak. I think it's like 5 megabits per second. Mm-hmm. Mm. Pretty, it's pretty woefully underpowered. And we had 20 people in that with no problem. Mm. So You can call right, that your Comcast cur- tier. That'll be yeah right. <laughs> so we're currently tracking pretty good on the networking front in that regard. You know, we'll see how things go. Obviously, the more bandwidth you have, the easier it is for me to tell you. Yeah, absolutely, that won't be an issue whatsoever. But uh, we still have a lot of work to do on optimizing the networking code, and we also still have a bit of stuff we need to add to the game as well. So it's it's difficult to give you an exact estimate of like, okay, if you've got a five megabit connection, you can handle fifty players, no problem. Hmm. I, I can't give you that estimate with any sort of confidence at this moment. See, if we can get but, you guys to hang out with the guys that are making Angels fall first, we could really have some crazy shit because those guys have the whole ground war going on and you know, <laughs> and a little bit of space. Have you seen their game, by the way? It's, uh, it's, I have casually browsed it. Yeah, they, they've so been working on it as long as you guys have been working on this. So it's... Uh, it's interesting. They uh, now you, you, this engine is your own concoction, though, right? There's no. It is, yeah, homegrown. Okay. Yep. Yeah. See, they ran so, into some weirdness in multiplayer with uh, Unreal Three because, like, every yeah. object gets a handle, like it's a player, and there's only like three thousand handles. So once they had like three thousand objects in multiplayer, it started chugging out and did weird. They patched around that, but that that was their launch pain. Was yeah. Was that thing? Well, that's why that's why we created our own tech, you know. Mm-hmm. Just there was nothing else out there that let us do what we wanted to do in the way that we wanted to do it. So that begins the pain, <laughs> the painful process of rolling your own solution. But I think the results speak for themselves. Oh, absolutely. And I think anyone who's listening as a player, when you get into this game and you see the love and attention that has been paid to the technology and to the game, I think it's really going to come through, right? I think it's going to be very obvious that this is a labor of love. Yep. You can totally tell that. Um, all right, so how many ships are we talking about? You said there's a variety, but how many like do you think you'll be have at launch? For the minimum Kickstarter, we're only going to have one of each class. Okay. That's a good start because these – 
you know, you go into the third person mode and they're fairly detailed. Yeah, they are. Uh, so all the smaller ships, uh, we say, we call them small to medium, which is interceptor up to a Corvette. They will uh, all have first person cockpits. Oh. Uh, so in a cockpit, a good cockpit is non-trivial. Mm. By know? the way, Brian, since you're, since you're going to have to reload, um, let me take you on a bit of a tour because you've been kind of bopping around between the planets. But have you actually been down and done like the the uh, racetrack and stuff on the racetrack? Yeah. See, that's I did. What... I I was just down on a planet with a bunch of canyons with giant flower trees. Nope, different planet. Okay. Tell me which planet, and I'll head toward it. Yeah, that the the one with the flower trees. That was uh, that's Planet of the Ponies, where friendship what? is magic. <clears throat> you want to go I to think. the planet with rings? Yeah. Uh, you mean the one you start at? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And well, then, you technically start outside of it, but well, yeah. yeah, I know. So, and also in in space there, right? So the place that you start from, that dock that you take off, if you look immediately below you, there is actually like a a big docking uh, scaffold kind of thing. Yeah. And there's yeah, a sure. big capital ship that docks there. And then you can follow that capital ship over, and it makes the rounds to at least one oh. of the other big asteroids, if not more. Um, and then there's oh. like some little tender ships that fly around and stuff too. There, there's really? a lot of I stuff seen, to see. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, there's a lot of subtle things in the prototype that are showing off kind of the elements of the game that we want to build. And so there's all these NPC cargo ships that are actually, you know, they're flying between various mining facilities and space stations and land bases dropping off the contents. I think I see one. Yeah, because we want to put that in the game. So there's a fair amount of nuance for a prototype. Yeah, and and the engine is just gorgeous. And and folks, I'm not I don't have the uh the most up-to-date computer. I'm running an i7 920 with a GTX 770 and 12 gigs of RAM, you know, not top of the line. And and this is Pretty much running like silk right now. And we, it looks good on his machine. I've got... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, I, and I am running it on a tomato at 30 frames a second. Um, <laughs> yep. Running on tomatoes. That's what's going on over here. I'm running it on my penis. Well, Whoa. <laughs> Ow. Well, it hurts a lot, but it's worth it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, but we still I'm, have a lot of optimization work left to do as well. So, I mean, that's just – this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? Yeah, totally. Thank God it's the iceberg and not the other thing because hmm. – <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, so I'm coming over to where you are there, uh, iceberg. And, uh, uh, I just – okay. I just totally crash. warps. I just totally Yeah, you might up. want to watch out warping, buddy. Whee! Where the hell did you go? I, I don't know. Mm. He slung shot himself because he didn't control his warp. Oh yeah. See, if you drop out a warp and you're going like super fast, then you I continue. Going super you continue fast, to go hella fast. So, <laughs> um, so, so whenever you whenever you have your whenever you have your hyperspace warp thingy going, um, mm-hmm. the mouse wheel controls velocity in that as well. Right. So as you get near a planet, yeah. So you you just got to kind of slow it down and then right. That's exactly what I was doing, and it kind of kicked me out and spun me all over the place. Oh. So I was doing that, but it kind of threw me around. That's all right, whatever. It's a prototype. That's how these work. It's a prototype. Yeah, yeah it's a prototype. We, we have a lot of stuff to add to the HUD in terms of helping you navigate the Newtonian physics and all that good stuff. 
Yeah. It can be difficult to get the hang of at first, but once we get the actual all the HUD elements in place, which as a prototype, they're just not there. So, But once we get all that stuff in place, you'll have a much better idea of what you need to do to prevent yourself from, say, bouncing off the atmosphere of a planet. I think that's, that might have been what I just did. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I've done it a bunch of times as well. <laughs> so what were, like, what are these, uh, the, what's a cargo ship name? Is like Real Luz Omega, would that be a cargo ship? Or uh, The name, the type of the ship is the Oneris, actually. Okay, I don't know then. Yeah. I think I just I don't think it has. I don't think the specific cargo ships have names at the moment. Okay. But uh, the big one is the Oneris. I forget the name of the little one. Oh, there's a sky crane over there. I wonder what that looks like. That yeah, is that's a 30 kilometer space station. You can actually see it from the surface of the nearby desert planet. I'm going there. Shit. Well, I was going to say, Brian, if. if uh... I have to actually get my speed back together. But if you look down, like where Hunter's at on the on the planet below you here, I don't it, know where Hunter's at. Well, Where's Hunter at? well, look down at the planet because we're on the right the side of it, and you see all those You're hexagons. Not looking at the right planet. You see all those I, hexagons that are very close yeah, together. That is the yeah. racetrack. So if you go down oh, there, those okay. those indicate where the rings are. Okay, I'm heading down there. Oh yeah, that's our example of a mod, basically. So oh really? Little uh, yeah, we have got a little canyon racetrack down there. Oh, all right. I'm heading down there. Are you are you acid burn hunter? No, oh, I don't know who that is then. Yes, that is me. Oh, why would you lie to me like that? There's also a little city down here by the racetrack. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, that's an example of a. Mining facility, you know, factory type uh, type thing, and that's what spawns the cargo ships that drop off the cargo that gets turned into credits, which is how you buy bigger and better ships and gear. Oh, I see. As long as they don't get killed. Yeah, you know, which I've they can't right now in the whoa. prototype. I've kind of the prototype; a, they're indestructible. I've kind of been in a resurgence of playing. Uh, the ancient freelancer game with the mods and stuff that people have put on it. And to have a game like that with this engine would be just absolutely stunning. So, I mean, yeah. and not to the point where it's like, you know, the, the whole giant multi solar system thing, but just the planets that are sure. spread out. Um, you know, because, oh, wow. because there it's, it's just kind of like you, there are places you can mine resources um, there are stations to drop it off at. Different stations have different things, you know. And, yeah, and, but, and but Infinity then, Battlescape. Sorry. Well, but but then there's also the whole PvP element because I'm playing on a multiplayer server, and yeah, you know, so so it's kind of like there's there's people who are in the the different factions that kind of mm-hmm. rumble with each other, um, and then there's kind of like other players that are out there just being piratey, you know, like uh, troublemakers. <laughs> You know, on, yeah, on lo- their own, so they make their own fun, right? Um, Absolutely. So, it, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it, it's just that kind of a of a system where, well, you, what you're looking at is is more like a uh, a capture the base kind of thing, right? So it's like you you yeah. take a you take a place and you hold it, and you'll get the resources that the ships bring to it, right? Yep. And then now, how are you going to determine what actually gets constructed? Or what, like the, because okay, there was a, there was an old game that was called Allegiance that Microsoft made. Way mm, great game. And, it's still running, by the way. FreeAllegiance.com. Yeah. 
and I, I really FYI. liked that game a lot. Uh, but oh, yeah. what they did, um, have you played Natural Selection? I have uh, not, no. Okay. I'm so, aware of it, though. Okay, so what, what both of these games kind of do is they uh, designate one player as sort of the commander, right? And he uh-huh. plays an RTS uh-huh. on a map, and the units are the other players. So he can give yeah. orders. You know, He can lasso like five people and say, go there. And it's up to the players to actually do what he said. So yeah, yeah and, I've and experienced that type of gameplay in Battlefield, mm-hmm. and with the exclusion of the well-organized teams, like the people that are in actual competitive teams, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to work well. So yeah, because typically cause he wants to listen to what one guy said, and if you get a if right. you get one leader and he's an idiot, and then the the other right. team has a good one, you're going to lose every time, right? So. Yeah. yeah. So, and our our challenge there, from the standpoint of us being a really small team, is that to build like this whole commander RTS interface type thing, that's a huge lift, a lot mm-hmm. of work. So, I don't think there would be a huge return on investment necessarily. No, but I'm, but like, I'm wondering I, how are you going to coordinate getting people to do things together, though? What, you know, because that's it's up like, to the players. It's up to the players to figure out. All right, Brian, follow me through the canyon. Yeah, you guys stop there fucking shooting at me for no reason. There you go. He just they just self organized. <laughs> <laughs> no again. reason. What do you mean no reason? I always have a reason to shoot you. Whatever. Um. So oh, I see what's going on. So basically, this could be something like every Saturday at one o'clock, load up this server that we're running, and we're gonna do you know territory control for three hours. Well, yeah, on, or if the server's running, you know, it's just like jump in, be on your normal team. And yeah. do your thing. Um, exactly. Yeah, because you know it might like reset every day at midnight or or whatever. So we have no plans to reset it until a match ends. Uh huh. So it'll keep going till somebody wins. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Was but fly through. Something? See, the, the only problem oh. I guess you have with that is like off hours. If you're keeping score or something, because then it'd be like okay, well, like four o'clock in the morning, me and my three buddies are gonna log in when there's nobody else. And we're well, for the end it, you know. For the competitive teams, that is something that is an aspect of competitive team play, right? Mm. If but, you look in Eve. By the way, Brian, in or, whenever yeah. you're trying to make these turns down here, use yeah. Q and E to roll the ship, and then just push up. Oh. So fly it like you're flying elite. Don't try to. Okay. Yeah. If you look okay. at Eve. You know, I was in a I was in a corporation in Eve that was part of the Stain Alliance back in the day, mm-hmm. and so I was involved in all those big you know alliance battles and all that good stuff. And the way we would do it is we'd coordinate it so you would have the players from Europe coming on at time X relative to the players from the United States coming on at time Y relative to the players in Asia coming on time W. You know, like that was a part of fleet warfare in Eve. And if you're playing matches, competitive matches that go that long in Battlescape, then you know that'll be part of the competitive gameplay. As far as casual gameplay, yeah, it's more th- more than likely as if one team is weighted heavily to one country and those players start coming off, then probably another team is going to win the game. Yeah. At which point the match restarts, and you know then then you start over. Yeah, it's even that's, that's, again. Yeah, that's casual play, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the whole point of you can just hop in real quick, have 20 minutes of fun, and hop out. Well, and the, and the so, goal is, if I understand correctly, is 
to actually have people able to host their own servers and do what they want, right? Correct. It's not like we're dependent yes. on you for matchmaking. No, we have two types of servers. One is a verified server. It's what we call a verified server. So this will actually plug into our mat, uh, matchmaking infrastructure, similar to what you see on console. Mm. If you, Well, you can use a server browser or you can do the console way of just, hey, stick me in a game. Right. right? Oh. And... The reason that it's verified is, one, because of the matchmaking potential, and two, because that will allow for collection of official statistics. Uh So we will say, okay, we have blessed this server. We will collect the statistics it gives us and say these are correct, and that will be aggregated into your your player stats. Players can optionally host their own servers, and their own servers, if they want to, they can keep their own stats, but it won't be fed into our official stat tracking. And for your own servers, you'll have to essentially advertise it yourself, right? Like for someone mm-hmm. to join your server, they will have to have a URL or an IP address that they connect to to get to it. Okay. So we don't we don't so, provide any infrastructure. So you play official or, you know, on your own, basically. Correct. Yeah. Uh, perhaps we will add a server browser for non-verified servers. We haven't decided. That well, might be resources pending. Well, yeah, because then you're going to um, have, like, you know, the verified servers are going to be like, okay, here's here's the vanilla <clears> game, and then right. all the other stuff is going to be mods. And Well, actually, you can host a verified server with mods. Uh-huh. Oh. They have to be verified mods. So essentially what we want to do is have sort of like an app store for mods. Yeah. So that way there's some amount of, like, quality assurance going on with mods. <coughs> Here's the Star Wars server. <coughs> yeah. <clears throat> right. So we probably would not be able to approve that mod. <laughs> Certain <laughs> licensed properties mod. Right. But, I mean, there's nothing to prevent someone from spinning up their own server and installing a Star Wars mod. That's why there's the verified and the unverified. So and that's also for developers. Like if you're a modder and you want to test your own mod, well, you know, you got to you got to bring up an unverified server. Yeah. So for the verified servers, we guarantee that here's the server, here's the list of mods that it's running, and if you want, you can optionally go through and download and ins- install all those mods and, and join that server. Obviously, if a server's modded, it won't feed into our official stat tracking anymore, even if it's verified. But you will be able to host a verified server with mods. And that will play nice with our whole, you know, here's the list of mods you can install. And those can be cosmetic. They can be total conversions, anything in between. And or here's, you know, just the vanilla game for those who prefer it. So we want to give a lot of flexibility around that. Right. We want to make it easy. Right. We want to make it easy for the modders. We want to make it easy for the players. Oh, my God. Those transports are the transports from TIE Fighter. Oh, my God. They really do. I think no matter what we do, you're going to tell us everything we do looks like Star Wars. Well, Star Wars <laughs> is hugely unpopular, so you know. The... Oh yeah, those are kind yeah, of cool love... transports, though. I loved X-wing and Tie Fighter. Those were. Hey, you know games. what you could get the license for because nobody cares is Space 1999. You could totally make these even... like eagles. I don't even know what yeah. that is. Shame wow. on you. All right, this show's over. <laughs> And uh, wow, I feel very old now. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you remember? Um, Actually, uh, Space Above and Beyond would even be a cool license. Oh, that'd be great. Oh yeah, because that's totally dead. So that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be. T- I would so play a Space Above and Beyond game. No question. It is interesting how even an old dead IP like that 
will rise from really can give you a, yeah it can really give you a bump <laughs> you know that turn-based battletech game that just got kickstarted for over 2.5 i think it was like 2.8 million yeah, yeah i put a lot of money in that one yeah i'm very excited about it yeah i, had I to, love we, battletech. we talked to those guys yeah so I do love super battle cool type guy. Well. If you ever get a chance to talk to Mitch, it's super super cool guy. Because I Mitch who Mitch you have Gittleton. to specify Mitch Gittleton. who's that the king of battle tech. Who's okay? Yeah. <laughs> so can't just throw out names, man. You got to have contact. Our fans know. Sorry, excuse me. I got to pick up that name you just dropped. Uh, <laughs> oh uh, man, listen. our people know this, Brian. Yeah, but some, you don't you don't know if someone's going to be listening to this in two years. Like, who the hell is that? <laughs> these these, these podcasts well, he'll be even are kind more of famous in two years. What is this the thing? Will be out. Is this like an internal park or something? What is this? Wow, I'm flying inside something. This is really fucking great. Whoa! Can you see what I'm inside? I'm, ins- I'm inside a thing. I don't, I don't even know, know where you're streaming this. I was trying to find oh, the it's, stream. Oh, it's YouTube. I'm sorry. It's oh. uh, gaming.youtube.com/slash/spacegamejunkie/slash/live. You guys got to put that front and center on your website. Oh, I did. I, I thought Where? I did. Oh, well, it's all over social media. Uh, oh. It's it's also is linked on the website, but that's that's fine. Um, oh, there's there's a little YouTube icon. There's also a thing that should say on the next podcast. See, this is good usability feedback. I had to make <laughs> I had to make I this I shit. Can. I I I need to make this shit more prominent. <laughs> Who's well, in now? Front? I'm watching. That's now me. I'm watching. <clears throat> See, I can make the Kessel run in uh, 2.9 parsecs. Even yeah, though we're parsec inside is a, unit a big, distance, not... we're inside in a big dome thing, which looks like a park or something. <laughs> really cool. It is a uh, mining facility, right? But this this particular part looks like a. It's got some trees. I'm looking for benches. Hey, you know? AC. I think we all want more Babylon Five stuff. Do we? We well, really? you know, from a game, not not a TV uh, show. Okay. Yeah. Well, this definitely does have the Newtonian thing going for it, so it would it wouldn't be a, a huge stretch of the engine to make it do you know Star Furies and stuff. I mean, the engine can really do anything. It's I very mean, impressive. What 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 the, can it? The not thing that you would do? have trouble doing <laughs> is actually the cinematic stuff that is completely bullshit. You know, like well, spaceships yeah, just fly like airplanes. No, you know? right. So. Well, that starts getting into like real high end animation stuff. That yeah, it's all about the tool set at that point. Yeah, it's, it has nothing to do with building cool tech. It's just getting the right camera shots and the right post production on it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Well, no, so I what mean, what kind of tool set do you guys have that runs this thing? What other kind of tools? Now, what tools do you use to make oh. all this? What, like, because let's talk about the engine. We didn't talk about the engine much. I want to talk about this beautiful engine. Yeah, like, yeah, no worries. It's been so, it's been in the works for so long now, but it doesn't look old. It doesn't look like something from two thousand four. You know, because <laughs> if we wanted to play something from like that era, we could load up in, in uh, Dark Star One. Or uh, XCOM Interceptor. Or uh, or uh, no no that's even earlier than that. Or um, or yeah. uh, Independence War Two maybe, and uh, if we want something from that era. But this looks very modern. So tell me, tell us about this the engine this miraculous beautiful thing is using. Yeah, so uh, started as a hobby project by Fla- uh, Flavian Brebian. So it's homegrown. Right. 
Oh, wow. uh, we started commercializing it in 2010. At that point, it was him and I working on it. We added our third programmer about a year and a half ago, Kimo Kota Harvey. And so it uh, it's all homegrown. We wrote all our own tools for it. We have the engine. Our artists use a number of professional art packages the same way all artists do. You got yeah. Photoshop and, and stuff like that, uh, various 3D packages for producing the meshes like Blender and 3D Studio and, and all that good stuff. But they essentially they produce that content. It gets imported into the engine through our editor, which again is homegrown, and, uh, and then we put it all together. So in a nutshell – that's how it works, which isn't too radical, you know, relative to how most other game engines work. You know, if you're using Unity or UE4, it's pretty similar workflow. And that was absolutely intentional. You know, we don't want people who are new to our technology to be looking at it like, how on earth do I do anything with this? Uh, the planets themselves at the moment, we don't have a nice, simple, easy-to-use planet editor for those. We're kind of, uh, you know, doing voodoo black magic to generate those at the moment. But once the Kickstarter is finished, uh, getting a nice, sexy editor for that will be pretty high priority. And um, yeah, so I totally support voodoo in space games. By the way, um, what's that? I, I I support voodoo in space games. <laughs> voodoo died years ago with the voodoo. Space voodoo. Was it the three card? The voodoo no, not three that card. Voodoo. I mean the, oh, the it's juju voodoo. voodoo. You know, oh. like chicken feet and you should charm. play that game called bad mojo it's actually quite good it's not a space bad game at all it's a fun arpg thing well, it's, a, it's a good right. time it's like a cockroach like simulator isn't it oh yeah no like no that. no that's bad that that that's another game it's oh. got a cockroach on the, on the no okay and that's what the fucking thing oh i oh shit it, it literally says bad Don't mojo, hit escape. The roach game i hit escape oh crap i did not mean to hit escape the world but i hit ended. escape <laughs> sorry oh, yeah, folks yeah, that's a feature. It's it's game over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Full Mojo Rampage. I had my oh my that oh I love that game. That's that's a great little game. Super awesome. Twin yes. stick, ro- twin stick, Diablo-y, roguelike-y, twin shooter thing. Yeah. So good. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. so good. Have you messed with the? Uh, don't hit escape, but the F two key is your actual really? views. I've been doing that throughout the stream. Oh, okay. So I don't watch your streams, so I don't know. I know you don't watch my stream. <laughs> I don't, I don't watch your stream. To this crappy show. Oh, are you streaming this right now? <laughs> Where's that at? <laughs> oh my god! I do need to get that worked on. I need to make. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Are you trolling Saruman again? Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh. So okay, so let's say the Bringing Kickstarter. It back to the tech. Oh, let's, sorry. Let's, let's say the Kickstarter is successful, which let's hope yeah. it is. And it looks it's so far it's looking like it will be. Uh, knock on IKEA wood. On wood, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Too early to count the chickens just yet. Right, but I am knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> we all, we also so what support are the, chickens. What are the next steps? You said like certain packers will have the beta within three months. What are we looking like for a release? 2017, yeah. 2018? 2017, yeah. Fall 2017. You know what? I, the, I uh, wish the Star Citizen folks would have also said 2017 because then people wouldn't be up in arms <laughs> about that shit right now. Uh but yeah, see, you, you know, guys already game development. Have... Game development's tough. I know? know, but you guys already have this game. Most a lot of it there. You just need to add a game to it. We you do, know? and that's that's what took us so long. You know, right. to be fair, uh, it, you know, we've been working on it a while, and um, so it, it, we knew 
at what stretch goal do we get like planetary landings? Uh, I mean, <laughs> technically, you can land on a planet right now. I right? know, right? That that's the. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Someone's bitter um, about a what you did there. A I million dollars. See what you, I walked right into it. <laughs> bitter about a lead. No, I'm not bitter about a lead. That's next week, bro. I mean, obviously, one of our core differentiators is that we've got the tech right now. You know, we can do it right now. That's a big part of what makes us special. And it's not right. a promise. It's not something that we will do. We we can do it right here, right now. And it rocks. So where we go from from here is, as you mentioned, the moment the Kickstarter ends successfully, our primary focus will be getting the prototype into the hands of our developer access backers. And we think that'll take up to three months. And that's because, one, the holidays are basically right around the corner and everyone's going to kind of have family stuff to deal with. The other thing is we need to polish it up a bit before we get it ready for mass release. To play the prototype, you'll have to actually log in to it through our uh, Inove account system. And this is essentially a way of ensuring that only the people that pledged developer access can play the game. But you'll log in. We have to uh, build some stuff for bug reporting, for crash dump reporting, collection, I guess if you want to say. Get the private forum set up for them. And I think that about summarizes it. See, uh, I really like that you. It sounds like you have such a solid plan already in place. For all yeah, this I mean, stuff. we've we've we're approaching this methodically. You know, it's okay. What do we got to do first? Good. Well, first, obviously, the people who paid for it, they want to play the game, so that's number one priority. We need to get them the game, like ASAP. And what do we need to do that? Well, you know, again, we got the account authentication stuff. We've got uh, the the bug reporting, crash dumps. I mean, obviously, people have such a wide range of hardware. For some people, there's probably going to be some issues, right? It's a prototype. Sure. Someone's going to have problems with the game crashing. We need to be able to diagnose that quickly and get that stuff fixed. Right. So that infrastructure, it's basically all infrastructure type stuff. We've got some legal accounting stuff we got to get sorted out. You know, it takes two mm-hmm. weeks for Kickstarter to actually get us. Uh, the the funds we need to figure out who's going to be working full time and who isn't because 300k is not going to be enough for everyone on the team to work full time. Sure. Some people will be getting paid uh, as contractors, um, doing you know kind of per system contracts, and so we got to get all that figured out. We need to um, nail down. Oh, ow, ow, ow! We need sorry, to nail- Jim shooting at me. That's all good. So it, random. The F10 key is a magical debug weird thing. Be careful with that. What does that do? Uh, it turns on like a whole bunch of geometry debug stuff. Okay. It, it might risk crashing your box, actually, so be careful with that. Do you mean the whole computer streaming. or yeah. just the game? Oh, well, wow. I don't know. I mean, it, it puts a hell of a load on the box, <laughs> let's say, so just careful with it. <laughs> it was more for Hunter to play with than you, because I don't want to kill the stream. But, um, wow, my stuff's all flickering. Ship's on fire. Ship's mm, on fire. Bad things. I, I assume I'm on fire. I have a lot of blinking lights and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Hunter shot the shit out of me, because he's a mean person. I don't even have, like, drives anymore. You might have to hit the power button again. Remember the first time you shot me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Power's on. Woo! I got I, somehow you just shot before me. you hit the ground. Yep. Some, you're about to hit. You're about to hit. Well, I ain't 
bounce. I can't recover from Oh! <laughs> so, we, so we had some interesting uh, questions in the chatter. Like, in this particular solar system, this, the planets seem... Uh, someone wondered, the planets seem fairly close together. Yeah, they are, actually. We put okay. them closer together. Yep. Well, that makes sense, you know. Yeah, we did it purely for cosmetic reasons. Hmm. Right. Well, that makes so sense. So in the, oh. in the full game, it'll actually be true distance. So will you will you have uh, the players only being aggressors, or can the players actually do resourcing as well? Like, if I wanted to go out there grab a mining ship, like I could maybe as a player mine faster than the NPCs would do it, but that takes me out of combat to do it, kind of thing. <laughs> there will not be any mining in Infinity Battlescape, unfortunately. Okay. We know there's a bunch of players that do want that capability mm. we think that's a great opportunity for modders but we will not be building a mining role into the game it'll be primarily combat oriented or mm. combat support okay oh. so you that's know we, we would like to still build that mmo someday mm-hmm. well i don't and even as an mmo i'm talking in in the well let's talk the, about that mmo let's talk yeah. about that mmo because that's <laughs> how this got started and that's what I would love to play. So if this yeah. does well, this is a stepping stone toward that, I'm assuming. It is. Infinity Battlescape will be representative of the combat component of what we want to build someday as an MMO. Right. And this will be one this will be representative of one solar system within that larger MMO. Correct. Ah. Yes. So the dream game. The dream game is an MMO. We still mm. want to build that game. That will have the okay. full Mining, combat, trading, you know, all those really fun, deep, complex gaming systems that everyone wants so bad. Yeah. It will have all of that. But we need to get the resources to build that game. Mm. And unfortunately, you know, MMOs, they're the most expensive games you can make, even if you're doing it with an iterative kind of ground-up approach. Well, you know, the the thing, though, is if you just had... Not an not an MMO where everybody's together, right? But even if mm-hmm. it's even if it's just like okay, you know, like the the combat game, two hundred people a server, right? And then I can just put a server up that's that's more like the RPG server, right? Instead of just the plain combat. And even if you still kept it in one solar system, if it's if it's a solar system that's at at full scale, the same yeah. as ours, the solar yeah. system is really freaking big. Right, it, it is, is a yeah. lot of places. It's huge. Like it's true, you know, and there's, that's there's that's asteroids the thing a lot of, and Oort clouds and all sorts of crap. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the thing that like you know, well, like here's Earth. All right, well, there's there's uh, Moscow and there's New York. Oh, what about we the really, rest of you know? So so it's kind of like yeah. there's so much space in oh, space. Yeah. Yep. See what I did there? <laughs> um, that you could really do a whole damn MMO just in the solar system, never sure. have any faster yeah. than light travel, and and it, it would be completely unique because nobody's oh. done that. Everything well, has to be about jumping between stars and crap, and it's and it's there's, just like there's, there is like a, there are a couple of games that focus on one solar system, like Terminus. Remember Terminus? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and that Nexus, was one solar system. Nexus the. Nexus, yes, very good. That's There's actually another specifically ad- what I'm in mind of is is like Nexus, right? Because it was just like, hey, here's here's the solar system. It's freaking huge. Um, yeah, exactly. We don't need to leave it in order to like fly and have a whole separate 
thing exactly. somewhere, right? You know, yeah, you... solar system, it's difficult to truly comprehend how big just yeah. the solar system is until you really get into our game. And you're absolutely correct that there's more than enough space in a single solar system to create a pretty compelling MMO. Oh, yeah, totally. So, Especially when you have planets you can fly around and shit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, obviously, the dream game, people really do want the ability to traverse multiple solar systems. Yeah. But that being said, we could build a single solar system MMO, and I think it would still be a really great game. Yeah. Well, I mean, people want to fly around because they feel that, that... They've they've been improperly trained by other games, is what it is. So, um, it, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's like, well, I have to fly wherever because you know, like this planet is is all ice and this planet is all water. You know, and there's no diversity right. in a, in a right. single ecosystem. And and it's kind of like, well, no, really, like, you know, there's how many moons around Jupiter, and every one of them you can land on and build bases oh, and yeah. shit and fight They're over. Enormous. So yep. you know, it, it's like there's there's more space than. You know, like uh, well, with Elite, because next week they're gonna they're gonna have I think it's next week, right? Where they're gonna have the beta for the Horizon backers. Or uh, no, it's two weeks. Two, it's weeks? two weeks. Okay. This week is one point five, I think. Mm. And then uh, Thanksgiving week for us uh, is, okay. uh, is Horizon. So, so that's two weeks from now. So I think what people are going to realize that Horizons is like because you can land on let's say the moon, right? Uh, yeah. You land on the moon. And it's a one-to-one scale model of the moon, and you could probably spend the rest of your damn life driving around the moon and not see the see the same oh, yeah. place twice. So totally. it's gonna it's gonna kind of uh, perhaps put uh, put to people like how big these places actually are if they're a one-to-one yeah. representation. So they are enormous. It's difficult to appreciate. Like we've had people watch our video and they just think all these planets are a part of the background. Because that's what they're used to. A lot of space games, that's what they do. Like Rebel, right. like I love Rebel Galaxy, but yeah, you, there's a planet in there. Whoa, holy shit. Yeah, it's Whoa. just it's what people are used to. So they just assume that, oh, that must be a background. Well, no, actually, that's that's an actual planet. And when you fly down there and take a look at it, it's – these things are enormous. You know, I mean we're dealing with planets here that are much bigger than Earth. And Earth is pretty darn big. It takes me five hours to fly from New York to, to L.A. That's that's a good trip, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's... the crazier thing in our game is you're actually going like 5, 10, 50 kilometers per second. Per second, and it's still massive. And it well, still takes a long time. That's well, that, how big space is. Well, here's the thing, right? So radio tra- travels at what? It's not light speed, right? It's like under, but it's pretty damn fast anyway. So if I send a radio speed transmission from Mars, it still takes, what, like 20 minutes to get to Earth? Yeah, something like that. So that means if I'm going to fly from Mars to Earth and I'm flying as fast as radio waves do in my ship, it's still going to take me 20 minutes to get there. So that's not a trivial, like, oh, I'm going to just fly over to Earth and blink and I'm there. So, oh, yeah. You know, it, this is, so you're going to have a definite is... time investment in, in going places. It's It's... You know. And that's why, in terms of the final game, we have to have like faster than light travel because people aren't going to hang around mm-hmm. long enough well, to he, realistically fly between things, right? Because even at light speed, it's minutes to get at light speed. You, I mean, solar systems are measured in light years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, you know, you don't. Want well, I mean, to it's light years in between, but it, but even if you have a top speed of light speed in our solar system, 
you're still going oh, yeah, to have like still... hours to fly to Pluto. So... Right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. So the distances here, and when you actually get into the game and really begin exploring these planets and their features, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're just totally blown away by how big they are. The scale is just breathtaking. That's what she said. Yes. You know, to, to try and, <laughs> to try and really comprehend how big a planet is, let alone a solar system, is just – I think it's just so cool, right? It's really incredible. It's wonderful. It's why we play these games in the first place too. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's like you have an I'm opportunity – to experience that, yeah. You have an opportunity here to actually impress upon people how big that distance is because so many games actually purposefully understate it for convenience. Yeah, and and it's kind of like you know if you actually enforce that size at a one to one scale and you and you let people know it's like no you're going light speed you'll be there in about a half hour you right know? right you know <laughs> and 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 then that, then it kind of clicks like oh damn it's really big and there's a lot of nothing right <sighs> right yep it's crazy it's crazy well uh, sounds like we need to wrap up which is. You know, fine. It's late. It's it's three hours ahead where you are. I get it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but the thing is, this game is even just flying around. You guys, this could be like Noctis with no game, with no actual game, just exploring and flying around, and that would be great. Just that's if that's all this was, I could play this for hours. Seriously. Yeah, thank but, you so much. It's been a real pleasure to be here with you guys. I really appreciate you guys doing the interview and the live stream. And to everyone who's watching and listening, infinitybattlescape.com. Please come check out the game. Back us if you'd like. You know, we're super excited to get this game done and in your hands as soon as we can. We're building something very special here. And for all of you who have already supported us, thank you so much. We absolutely could not have done it without you. And yeah, and, and we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy evening, three hours ahead. Um, it's like almost 10 o'clock where you are. To uh, I mean, especially in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign, because those are like exhausting. I know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Mothers, don't let your children grow up to launch Kickstarters. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Well, I want to thank you, Keith, for taking the time to uh, talk to us. It's been a lot of fun, folks. Again, uh, InfinityBattlescape.com. Is that right? InfinityBattlescape.com, yes. You could also go to Kickstarter and search for Infinity Battlescape. As we uh, do this, we're, what, nine days left as we record this? Nine days, yep. And we want to get them over the hump and hitting some stretch goals. So please check it out. Thank you uh, for watching and listening, and we will see you next week. I forget what we're doing next week, uh, but we're doing something. So we'll see you next week, guys. And if uh, and if you could tune in on Thursday, Jim and I are going to try and do a game of Star Wars Rebellion try hopefully we can get it running and actually play some of it so uh, we'll see you then thanks everyone have a good night